0: a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading & Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading & Learning. This is episode number 202, Leadership and the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, Part 3. If you remember, in Part 1 of this series, we talked about Leadership in the context of our motivational gifts or our personality gifts, if you will, whatever you want to call them. And this is the the, the list of spiritual gifts that are mentioned in Romans chapter twelve. And then last week we started talking about uh, what some people might re- refer to as manifestation gifts. Um, other people might even refer to them as ministry gifts. But these are the gifts that are available. ...to us that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to read the passage of Scripture, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of jump in. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good... and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. And that's 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 11. If you haven't spent much time in, in that passage of Scripture, I'd encourage you, if you the the gifts of the Holy Spirit are a new concept to you, check out uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. In chapter 12, um, they have these these gifts that we're talking about today. Chapter 13 talks about... Um, the way that we exercise those gifts, and that is through love. And then, chapter fourteen actually takes two of the gifts and gives us a little bit more insight into them. It talks about the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy. But what's really important in one Corinthians fourteen, is, is, is I think it's in the first verse, Paul says, "But earnestly desire spiritual gifts." And you know, as, as and again, we're talking in the context of leadership. How can desiring and then incorporating spiritual gifts into our life help us become a better leader? We talked about the, the last week, we talked about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, and the working of miracles. And don't think that these gifts are just for church. You know, the reality is you can't lead anybody if you can't lead yourself, and you can't lead yourself... If, if you really don't know the gifts and talents God's placed inside of you. And so being able to use the, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, gift of faith, miracles that we, we've already covered, these gifts will really help us in the context of our leadership. But let's move on and we'll kind of bring, bring some application in a minute. Um, we're going to start with the gifts of healing today. And notice that that's a plural gift, gifts of healing. What might that mean? Why are there... Um, gifts of healing. Well, you know, in reality, people need different kinds of healing. Um, obviously, some people need physical healing. Other people might need emotional or spiritual healing. Um, there's a lot of different things that go into um, healing. We're talking about many different kinds of healing, and so Paul actually makes it a plural: gifts of healing. And this is differentiated between gifts of healing and working of miracles. The the actual word, healing, implies a process. Um, And there are times when God can speed up that process. There are times when God can bypass the process altogether. Then we have a miracle. Um, But there are many times that God works within natural means to bring a healing. Or he may, again, speed the process up. But I want you to think about this in the context of leadership. When's the last time you prayed for somebody on your team who was struggling with something whether it's a maybe an emotional thing or maybe they were struggling with sickness have you as a leader said hey you know i i know you're struggling with this can i pray for you and you say well look i'm not a church leader i'm a i'm a supervisor in a company or i work for the government or whatever and i can't do that well i understand but uh, but i worked for the government for 30 years and uh, there were many times as a manager and as a su- supervisor when I would literally say, hey, listen, um, you know, I- I'm a Christian. I'd be happy to pray with you. No pressure. But but if you're into it, I'd be more than happy to pray with you for this thing. And I never had a single person turn me down. Never had a single person turn me down, especially in the area of sickness. If they were sick or, if you know, one of their kids was sick and I say, hey, can I pray for them? I never had a single person turn me down. So, you know, you, you use your own uh, wisdom there, but there's something powerful about praying for the people that we lead. And praying for healing is one of those things. And, you know, every now and then people say, well, you know, why don't we see healing and why don't we see miracles today? Well, do we ask? <laughs> if, if we don't ever lay hands on people and pray for them, if we don't ever ask God, to heal people, we can't be surprised that we don't see him healing people. So gifts of healing. The next one listed is prophecy. Now, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and prophecy are all very similar, yet very, very different. If you remember, we talked about word of wisdom was, was, uh, was when you get that word of timely advice. Maybe somebody asks you a question, and, and, and just that the answer is just there. You just, you you can't even explain it, but the word of wisdom, the answer is there. Somebody comes and says, look, I got this situation, what should I do? And you've got that supernatural wisdom, that burst of wisdom, if you will. A word of knowledge, that's that supernatural insight about a specific situation in somebody's life, but a prophecy is often um, about the course of a person's life. God might give you a word of prophecy about somebody to um, encourage them, to comfort them, or to build them up. And if you read 1 Corinthians 14, like I suggested a few minutes ago, you'll find that New Testament prophecy is given for those three reasons. It's for edification, to build up, exhortation, or encouragement, and consolation, or comfort. So prophecy is given to build up, encourage, and to comfort. Prophecy is never, New Testament prophecy, this prophecy that we're talking about here, is never judgmental. It's always encouraging. It's always edifying. It's always um, building us up and and, and letting us know that uh, God's in control. And so there may be times when you're praying for somebody and you may actually just sense um, the Holy Spirit just letting you know that, that to tell them that it's going to be okay um letting them know that hey god's got this um god's in control um, whatever it might be you know there are times when you're praying for people and and you know um you know they say hey you know pastor pray for me or if it's in a work situation they may feel led to you know ask you to pray for them um whatever it is but you know there is something powerful about praying for somebody and say hey listen you know, and this has got to be real. I'm not saying make something up, but just say, listen, you know, I just sense that, you know, um, you know, I think this thing, whatever you're struggling with here is bringing worry, but I just want to let you know that, that God's not going to bring you a spirit of worry. He's going to bring you a spirit of peace and to put your trust in Him. And you say, well, that doesn't sound very prophetic. Oh, that's powerful prophecy. That's powerful prophecy because that's taking the prayer that you just prayed and that's giving it a very practical outworking. So, a prophetic word. Of course, we could, we could spend hours talking about prophecy, but we'll move on and we'll talk about supernatural discernment. Supernatural discernment. You know, um, other translations call it discerning of spirits. Um, And you've probably experienced this before too, maybe where you meet somebody and something just wasn't quite right. Uh, Peter Parker would say, My spidey sense is tingling. Um you know, in the context of maybe in a business setting you 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 were you know maybe gonna cut a deal with somebody, but something wasn't quite right uh maybe in a ministry setting, you just felt like something was off in this person very often you know don't don't uh deny that and don't um you know just think that there's no validity here. Very often, that's the gift of the discerning of spirits. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us, saying that there's something, um, there, there's a wrong spirit in this person. Maybe their motives are wrong. Maybe they're wanting to deceive us. Maybe there's something else going behind the, going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. But don't ever downplay spiritual discernment, because this is a, a very important gift and protecting us. And if you're a leader and you're looking out for people, you're looking out for an organization, a church, a company, whatever it might be. You know, don't ever um, neglect to ask God to develop this gift in you, because it may very well keep you from going down a road that you don't need to take your organization down. Spiritual discernment is very, very powerful. And then we move to the gift of tongues. My goodness gracious, how! How uh, divisive has, has this gift become? And, you know, I think the reason that the gift of tongues is has become so divisive is not because it's, uh, you know, the nature of the gift. I think it's just the enemy understands how important the gift of tongues is. And And look, I get it. I understand. And if you don't believe it's for today, that's fine. Um, you know, there's many, many different theological approaches to the gift of tongues. But, you know, I'm just one of those guys, one of those Bible st- scholars and theologians that actually just believes the Bible. And, uh, and I believe the gift of tongues is available to every believer. And it's an opportunity for us to connect directly with God. I think it's interesting here in, in 1 Corinthians that uh, Paul talks about various kinds of tongues. Um, You know, you've probably all heard stories of somebody who was praying in tongues and, you know, they were actually praying in another language. Uh, I mean, I've heard modern stories of that. Um, They were actually praying in a a language that they had never learned. Um, In other cases, many people are praying, you know, in a a heavenly language and, and using it to communicate with God. Um, you know, this is, is really what I believe that, that tongue's primary purpose is, is to help us communicate directly with God without any outside interference. What did, what did Jude say? Remember that little bitty book of Jude right before Revelation? He said, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. How powerful is that, to be able to build ourselves up on our most holy faith? so whether you believe it or not that's fine but i would encourage you to to dig in and see what um is available you know the book of acts gives us this great um pattern in almost every case in the book of acts when they were filled with the holy spirit they spoke with tongues and um look it's 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 strange it's not something that we can comprehend with our minds But I encourage you, if this is one of those things that you're not familiar with, get into the Bible, read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, spend time in Acts and ask God to reveal to you what's true. Don't take my word for it, but ask God and see what he might say. Because how awesome is it? I mean, even if you don't believe in it, you'd have to agree with me. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could communicate directly with God without any outside interference without the enemy being able to understand what you were praying? And if that was an awesome... What what if that was a legitimate way for you to build yourself up in your most holy faith? And then, of course, the interpretation of tongues. And I think this goes back to what we just talked about, the different kinds of tongues, because there may be a type of tongues where it's praying in a known language. There may be a type of tongues that might be a a more prophetic tongue that might be a message to the church that would need to be interpreted. And so, um, and I would even say... On an individual level, ask God to give you the interpretation of what you might be praying. I've done this. It's very, very powerful because what you find is, at least with me, the way that I find God speaks with me, when I'll say, God, would you give me the interpretation of what I'm praying here, immediately in my mind I'll just know. And uh, so I would encourage you to check this out and, and use this gift even in your own prayer life spend time praying in the Spirit, and then ask God to give you the interpretation and see what happens. Now, we've talked about, just a recap, the nine, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, supernatural discernment, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, these are tools in your toolbox. And you say, but you know, how does how does this really help me as a leader? Well, if you look, each one of these gifts can help you as a leader. I mean, if you believe in praying in tongues, how powerful is it to throughout your day be praying in the spirit? If you've got an employee that you have to counsel um, and you're not sure how it's going to go, how powerful is it to be able to just, even as you're pray, you know dealing with that person in your mind, you're praying, praying in the spirit. Um, if you've got a situation you don't know that's, that, that that know how to deal with, you can go and pray in the spirit or ask for a word of wisdom, or a word of knowledge, or, or, or whatever you need. These are available. Now, the question is, how do we develop these gifts? You know, sometimes people just seem to think that, you know, uh, you know, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. Well, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that in life. It doesn't work like that in the spirit life either. Um, really, you've got to develop the gifts that God's given to you. They're developed as you practice them, and that requires faith, courage, and a prayerful dependence on the Holy Spirit. You know, we don't just look at it, uh, you know, when you were a kid, you didn't just look at those presents under the tree on Christmas Day and go, wow, that's great, I'm glad I've got this. No, 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 we've got we've to use those gifts We've got to use those presents. We want to open them up and see what they are. And so what I would say is if this is something that's speaking to you, I would look through these list of gifts and and begin to say, God, would you help me develop the ability to speak words of wisdom? Would you help me develop the the ability to speak words of knowledge? Would you give me, when I need it, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues, Ask Him to begin to develop these things. And you might not want to develop, you know, feel like you can focus on all nine at once. Focus on one or two at a time and ask God to to bring that to life inside of you. And what you'll find is there'll be opportunities for you to use these gifts. Um, In a a church setting, what we find is very often in small groups, um, you've got a great, great environment to... Develop gifts in in a small environment. You know, a a a small connect group. You've got a great opportunity because very often included in those groups is praying for each other, connecting with each other, spending time, um, sharing each other's needs. And this is the perfect place to develop these gifts because you're going to get an opportunity maybe to share a word of knowledge or a word of prophecy or a word of wisdom. There might be opportunities to pray for healing or even ask for miracles. Um, don't neglect these opportunities because it's in these small groups that we often see God do His biggest work. You know, each one of these gifts has a specific role. Um, You know, just like the tools in the hands of a carpenter. Uh, You'd never use a hammer when you need a saw. A screwdriver will never take the place of a measuring tape. In the same way, each spiritual gift serves a unique purpose. And God has given them to us to use. Now, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to go back and talk about the gift of tongues for just a second. You know, somebody's asked, in fact, I've actually had this question a number of times when I've taught this. Um, and the question is this, do I have to speak in tongues to be filled with the Holy Spirit? That's a very common question. But I would actually say the question is wrong. That's The, the question is wrong. The correct question should be, can I? speak in tongues when I get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because if the first question implies fear, um, if you're scared, confess it to God and ask him to give you wisdom and insight. But the but if it's possible, if you believe the Bible like I do, then that gift's available for everybody. And it's not, do I have to, but it's God, will you let me? And what do I have to do to get it going? So I'm going to encourage you to dig in, dig in deep if I can help you, send me an email, david at davidspell.com. And, uh, you know, I'd love to, um, to, to pray with you, pray for you. Uh, I really would love to get your feedback on this episode. Go to davidspell.com. Leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. Well, friends, thanks so much for being with me. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to keep developing your gifts.